कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे हाल ब्रह्मचारी तीसरे आदेश साइन अर्दाज को कम यार सो वी कैन आई कैन सी द बॉयज ऑल सीनियर ड्यूटी सेट बिहाइंड एंगल ड्यूटीज कम टू फ्रंट सिंगल फाइल हाँ एंगल ड्यूटीज सेट इन सिंगल फाइल श्रीमद् भागवतम gives a very scientific uh, definition of God. The very first verse. Often, uh, modern man has a foolish notion that religion is dogmatic and our uh, science is very uh, practical and uh, Uh, provable but when you take a closer look you will see shastras are not foolish they whatever they speak about their definitions are very crystal clear like the very first verse of shrimad bhagavatam gives definition to understand god one very simple definition of god is said janma adyasya yataha it is said god is a source of all that ex- exists that's the first definition <coughs> if somebody asks you you are talking so much about god what is god what is the definition god is one from whom everything emanates he is the source of all that exists anything that you can see all around you god is the ultimate source in fact it is such a source which has no other source If there is any other source for that source, then that source will be God. Like people often ask, you, you say God is source of everything. How did He come? Where did He come from? This by asking these questions, they are exhibiting their foolishness. Huh? Because <coughs> if you say there is some source for God, then that must be the source. So there is no other source for God. God is the ultimate source of everything that exists. That's the very definition of God. It's called a sarva karana karanam. That is said. the cause of all causes now many people ask the simple silly question okay if it is all, if it is source of everything there is exists why can't i see god easily see there are so many creatures in this creation <coughs> we see all around us some of them live for a few hours like in the night you see the flies they live almost overnight one night they live and there are some creatures who live for few days or few months like dogs live i think for few years for five years they live cows live for some 15 years i think there are some creatures who live for some like all of us will live for 70 80 100 years maximum a whale may live for some 300 years or a tree may live for 2 3000 years 5000 years so every living body that we see around us in this world it comes at a certain point of time stays for a while and goes away so we don't have much uh, experience of the past hmm. how much do the modern historians know about the past hmm. tell me how much do they know how much knowledge do they have few hundred years huh? if you go down below few hundred years uh, all the knowledge you know is from yuan chuang you know history what is what was written by you, you have to depend on you have to put full complete faith on historians 
who have written uh, you know, like uh, Yuan Sang from China who came to India and recorded something and kept uh, and there are and if you go further down below they may be doing carbon dating technique and all that but you know to know the age of a particular thing only problem is the scale is logarithmic and the error could be in millions uh, <laughs> it's, it's very risky uh, it's very risky the, either they may say this particular object you know it may be either you know, thousand years old or one million years old. <laughs> so that can be so such a difference in error. So it's very difficult for the modern historians or modern people to know about the past. Because we also are appearing at a point of time and then disappearing. We are born, we live for a short while. All living creatures in this world, they come and go. So we don't know the Bhutakal, we don't know the Bhavishakal. We don't know the past, we don't know the future. A little do we know. And we are talking about God, who is the source of all that exists and why we can't see Him. Because we don't have experience of even the things that existed few years ago. Now, even in the Vartaman Kal, even in the present tense, if you see, how much do we have knowledge? Prabhupada gives a very simple argument. Let us take an object that is existing in your current period, right now in present tense. Take, for example, the sun. The sun uh, is such a huge planet that 14 lakh Earth planets could be put into the sun. So big is its size. 1400,000. So big is the sun. And it is how far away? 93 million miles far away. Can you imagine an object which is 93 million miles far away that is causing so much influence on you? People sometimes get sunstroke in India, you know. Yeah, they fall, they are knocked off by an object that is so far away. And how much do we have knowledge about such a sun? So very little knowledge uh, we have about even the globe on which we are living. You know, people, uh, we have not uh, understood everything about the surface of the globe on which we are living. Uh, there are many un, uh, uncover, you know, unraveled mysteries even in this world. How much do we know about Arctica, Antarctica? How much do we know about all the different portions of the earth? How much do we know about the depth of the oceans? You see this African safari, every time they come up with a new animal. There is a monkey which is you know, three inches size monkey. So we may say, why don't you call it a squirrel? No, it's not a squirrel, it's a monkey only. It's a three inch size monkey. There are all kinds of different kinds of creatures coming up. So our knowledge of the things, uh, even in the present, is very, very limited. Uh, leave alone the past and the future. So we have no uh, ability uh, to enter into the mysteries of the past and the future and even of the things in the present, especially because we have defective senses. We are not able to uh, uh, ascertain the truths perfectly that are put in front of us. So there are objects which are far away uh, and there are also objects which are uh, very near to us, still we cannot ascertain. So then what is the way to ascertain? Uh, in Bhagavatam, the log- with logically things are explained. So what is the logic that explains it? For example, that person, that uh, thing, what, whatever we are calling as God, uh, to be the source of everything, has produced a lot of things. Uh, scientists also at one time thought maybe everything existed for all time, uh, all the time it has been existing timelessly, without any time scale. 
But then later they found out, today you can prove, scientifically, in, through physics you can prove, that everything was created at a point of time. Huh? And uh, even the sun has a certain age, they say sun has 30 crore years or something. Huh? By, there is a uh, method uh, by which you can determine the age of the hmm, different things that exist around you in this world. Huh? They were created and they will be destroyed. Yeah. That is understood by science. So if they were created and floated and all over this creation, huh, then there has to be a source huh, of that creation. Correct? So now, Shastra say the source of the creation is sentient God. Huh, and science says the source of the creation is a high density point. So, Prabhupada then makes this wonderful argument. We are talking of God. Who is this God? Is this God a stone? Or, or some kind of high density point of infinite density, you know, infinitesimal size and infinite temperature from which everything exploded and came out? Or is God a person, <coughs> a living being? So, here comes the argument the Shastras gave that we find there are two types of things we see all around us in this world. One is yeah, inanimate uh, objects. Another one is animate objects. Hmm. Inanimate are like the stone. Huge boulder or stone, it doesn't move an inch also. But a small tiny ant, hmm. it, it has the life, it has the free will, it moves from place to place, it has a choice. Uh, it smells the sugar and eats sugar. Huh? When it is uh, seeing stool, it turns its face away, goes away. So it has the free will. Huh? On the other hand, a pig, he smells stool, he eats stool. Smells halva, it lives in. Huh? Isn't it? So every living being has the free will. Huh? So you can see a tiny ant, or why an ant? Even sometimes you open a old book, you find some one dot huh? fastly moving. Huh? It has life. So clearly we see Jad and Chetan in this world. Huh? That which has life and that which has no life. And from our own experience, we can see. Hmm, that the living forms are produced from other living forms. For example, in Bhagavatam, the examples are given. There are four types of living forms. Udbija, which is Udbija means sometimes you take a seed and you sow it in the ground. Seed also comes from a plant only. You sow the seed and then that germinates into a shoot, then a plant, then the flowers and fruits come. Isn't it? That is called Udbija. Then we have Jarayuja. Jarayuja means those who are born from the yoni. Like we all are born from Jara, Jarayuja, which means from the yoni of a mother. Embryo of a mother. Then there is Andaja. Andaja means those which are born from eggs. Like the birds are laying the eggs and the egg is hatching at a certain time. Then the birds are born. Or like the hen or whatever. Then there is Shvedaja. Uh, the sweat that comes from the human body, mm, you will find sometimes in the bed, the bed bugs start flourishing mm, because of the sweat that comes from the human body. So there are certain things that come which cannot be uh, produced uh, artificially, like blood cannot be produced artificially. Is there artificial blood, Ram No. If you produce artificial blood, nobody will be making blood banks and uh, begging all human beings, please give blood. Why don't they produce artificial blood? Hmm? They can't do that. Uh, like, you know, A positive, B positive, they, you can't produce such blood. Similarly, sweat also, that comes from the body. From that, uh, uh, the different krimis, you know, are different kind of uh, creatures like the 
bed bugs are produced. You see that. So these are the four mechanisms given in Bhagavatam for the production of life, and you will find all the life in this world. They produce like this only. You'll find. So they come only from living forms. Even when you want to clone, you can't clone from a mic system. You can't you know, pull out one atom from a mic system and produce a child. You have to go to your living body. You take a living man's body, living woman's body. From there, you take the cell and you know remove the nucleus and fuse another nucleus and do all that. You have to go to your living body. Living forms always come from other living forms. You'll always find that. They don't come from dead matter at all. So you find your father is a living person from whom you have come. He impregnated a seed in the mother's womb and then you are born now. So his father is also a living person. So you have a father, he had a father, he had a father, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, go on and on and on above. So the ultimate person also has to be a living person, sentient person, who has the ability to think, feel and will. How can you say, you know, can anybody say that my father came from air? No. Or my grandfather came from air suddenly? He appeared out of the blue? Or did you appear out of the blue? No. You came from your father, he came from his father. Like that you can go above and you'll find ultimately the ultimate father, ultimate source of everything. He also has to be a living person, living being, a supreme living being. Huh? Endowed with the free will huh? to choose what he wants to do. Huh? The supreme living being. So, it's very easy and very logical to understand huh, this fact. So, when we try to uh, understand these things on our own hmm. without accepting the authority of the scriptures huh? without accepting so to some extent we can logically conclude now we are adopting an inductive approach huh? to understand these things hmm. but with little uh, little bit of the logic given in Srimad Bhagavatam if you are convinced then we can accept the supreme authority which will give us detailed information about everything now one step further Bhagavatam goes and says that our knowledge of not only the sun or such faraway objects are, is very limited. Uh, our knowledge of everything, even including the things which are near us, and as near as something which we claim to be our own body, uh, even that is very limited. For example, if I ask one of you, what's your good name? Bankim Chandra. Huh? So we ask Bankim Chandra. Bankim Chandra, can you say how many hairs you have on your head? One? How many hairs do you have? How many? Yeah. Yeah, you can't count, right? Huh? Now, Pankim Chandra is honest huh? because he can't count all the hairs. Now, even if I am clean shaved, uh, only with a tuft, even this much hair I can't count. Huh? That much also I can't say. Huh? The small portion. Huh? So, we don't have knowledge. Okay? We don't have knowledge of our own body. Huh? Have you seen sometimes, you know, when I went to 10th standard SSLC, in those days, you know, they asked uh, some kind of whether you have any chin, you know, some kind of uh, mark on your body. Yeah, identification. So, I had to go back to my mother and father and ask, do you know any mark on my body? Hmm? <laughs> they say, backside you have some kind of uh, mole or something, or on your leg, or, correct? Sometimes we don't have much information about our own body. Huh? You say, my body, you know, you're very proud of my body. What is your body? <laughs> How much you know about your body? Huh? Isn't it? Your own body you don't know. You take a morsel of food and you put in the mouth huh? and then the food goes inside, goes in the stomach, some gases, gastric juice is secreted, huh? the food is digested, 
then it is taken to the heart and there is blood uh, that is produced and that is pumped by the heart. Huh? It goes to different arteries and you know, different nook and corner of the body. You know? Very complex mechanism, highly complex. Just see, there are bones and there are muscles, there are veins uh, and nerve systems, all highly complex operating in this body. And the blood is going to different parts of the body. How much work do you think are you doing uh, in this body? Ask yourself honestly. How many of you feel? Are you, are you having a separate factory running it? You're doing anything? Uh, yes, you do one thing, putting the food in the mouth. Uh, that's all we do. Uh, then we collect the food and put it in the mouth. After that, we don't know. Somehow, suddenly we find from the front, urine comes out, from the back, stool comes out. Uh, and the blood goes to different part of the body and you get the energy also. So somebody else is doing it. Uh, we can understand that it's all being done uh, in this body. So we have only direct knowledge that I am putting food in the mouth, but we don't have indirect knowledge about what happens to the um, rest of the things. Just like all of you ask this question to yourself. When you were a small child, you know, all the milk teeth fell off one by one huh? and they were replaced, replaced by uh, permanent teeth, isn't it? Why don't all the teeth fall together huh? and all the teeth come together? Why don't they have, why only you know, one falls and another one comes? Who did that? Are you doing it? It's being done. Huh? Similarly, if you see, when you are in the mother's womb, you find the, you know, when the uh, semen breaks the egg and then it emulsifies and the fetus develops. Initially, the fetus is like a lump of flesh, you know. And then you find some holes in different places. Huh? Nine holes are there. <laughs> Only the holes. And the gradually the object, that flesh develops. And then it forms into a head. And then you find the hands are initially like this only. And then gradually they split, isn't it? Like this. And then the fingers come after that. Initially, they all are connected like this only. Huh? Imagine a bond like this only. You, know, you won't have any fingers, you won't count only. <laughs> you know, it will be like this. But then gradually the fingers form. Huh? And then the, those nine holes, when they develop one nine, very beautiful you know, ears are coming, nose is coming, and eye holes and mouth holes, you know, and the anus rectum, all these things are formed. Hands, legs, they are properly formed. Who is developing it? Uh, who is developing the child in the mother's womb? Think for a while. Huh? Think, think about it. It's a very complex thing. Huh? No scientist is coming into your stomach, into the womb of the mother to develop it for you. Hmm? Huh? They, can't, they can't develop it outside the womb. Huh? It's a highly complex mechanism. So, this kind of indirect knowledge we don't have huh? about anything. Prabhupada gives a simple example. Take your own finger. Huh? You know that this finger is helpful in lifting a glass of water. Huh? Yes, you can see the direct knowledge. But indirect knowledge, if I ask you, what is the composition of your finger that you don't know? Of course, doctors try to you know, dissect different parts of the body and different uh, things and try to understand what is inside. By that, they, uh, scientists, they reveal their ignorance because they don't know. I probably use a simple example. You, you go to someone, for example, you're eating food, you're playing you know, volleyball, you're enjoying life. Suddenly, there's a disorder in the body and immediately you're afraid. Huh? Why am I feeling chest pain? You don't know. Immediately you have to go to doctor. And doctor is not a doctor knows everything. He's not all knowing. Huh? He also doesn't know. You know, he will put a stethoscope and try to diagnose. Huh? Okay, breathe uh, and they will check. And they have different types of uh, tests. What are the tests? They put a plug and all in your the body. ECG. Uh, ECG huh? They will do ECG to check whether it is a muscular pain or a cardiac pain. Correct? Uh, you have to distinguish between the two. Huh? You heard this. One time a fellow was, uh, you know, there was a big hospital where they were always uh, waiting for, you know, some patients to come. 
So doctors are waiting because, you know, that in that country people are very healthy, you know. Nobody was getting sick. So doctors are getting sickly that, you know, nobody's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but at last they found, you know, you know one patient was coming, uh, going to the hospital, coming towards the hospital. They found he was limping. Huh? And then immediately uh, the uh, orthopedic doctor became very happy huh? because he thought that this fellow has got a fracture in his leg. Now he is limping. But then while limping, he was also catching his chest like this, you know. Then another doctor saw, the cardiac doctor, he, he thought, hey, he is my patient, he is not your patient because he is catching the chest. Yeah, he is you know, limping like this because he is feeling some, some kind of chest pain, you know. Yeah, he, was, he was feeling like that. So there is another doctor, I don't know who it is, you can tell, who was thinking this fellow is getting fits, you know. Which doctor? Huh? Neurologist. Yeah, neurologist. Huh? He said he is getting fits. And then he came nearby, nearby, nearby. And then they thought he was going to enter the hospital. And then he just threw his chapel to the side of the road and he started walking. And they were wondering, they called him, hey, what happened? You were limping. He said, my chapel broke. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> so, none of them could detect what it was. <laughs> and the chapel broke and he was trying to walk with the chapel as far as possible. He couldn't walk. But at last he thought, let me throw away the chapel and he walked out. <laughs> so, in this way, we understand that, you know, even doctors are unable to diagnose exactly what the problem is huh, of a person. Many times, you know, you, you go to hospital, uh, you go undergo, you know, stool test, urine test, blood test, this test, that test. After all things, they will say, you have no problem. Huh? And you go back, again you feel problem huh, in the body, correct? You face pain in different parts of the body. Sometimes certain diseases are undetectable. Huh? They are beyond the... Uh, they are beyond the machines that we have, huh? sophisticated machines we have, sometimes we can't detect that. So, this body is highly complex and we don't know about our own body and even the doctors are detecting when they cannot know it. So, we can see what is become objects like sun or moon or any other objects far away in this world. Our knowledge of everything in this world is very limited. We only have direct knowledge. Huh? Like for example, besides these things we can also see uh, like I was telling about the hair. Now, you see that the hair grows so long. But this one, eyebrows, this grows only this much. Huh? Why can't the eyebrows also grow like the hair? Huh? Long. Then you close your eyes. Huh? <laughs> Everyone will have to walk like this. You can't see with the eyebrows. Huh? <laughs> then you have to keep cutting. Isn't it? God knows, eyebrows have to be only limited because you have to see. He has given the... See, God is certainly far intelligent than us. He has given the eyes to see and He will not close it. Huh? With the... Uh, hair from here. So this grows very... Now scientifically doctors may say because of the particular chemicals behind this hair, you know, it will not come out so much. Correct? Whereas as far as this hair is concerned, there is some facility to make it grow longer. But the point is not that. Our question is why only that chemical is here and different chemical is here? That's the question. Why not this be here and this be here? Imagine all the men will, all the men will be like, you know, they will be like uh, Hare Krishna monks, Shevan. <laughs> Unfortunately, hair doesn't grow. All are baldies. Hair, this will be baldy and this hair grows like anything. <laughs> All the time. Why can't it happen like that? Why it should be reverse, you know, opposite? You can ask, no? Why it can't be like that? You apply your logic and see. Huh? So, somebody may say, why God has given the moustache and blood? Because people want to keep French beard. They want to keep style, you know, Bhagat Singh moustache. You know? So God has kept this facility. So, yeah. So in this way you will find 
that you know people have, you will find that in this creation if you carefully apply the logic you will find uh, things which are very near to you things which are far away from you things which you can study uh, the bhagavatam applies a very great logic in explaining about god janma adyasya yatah anvayat itaratash chartesh abhigna swarat abhigna means god is knowledgeable about everything there is nothing that he does not know if you call god and ask him how many hairs are in bunkin's head immediately he will tell the number that is the meaning of god not only in his head in everyone's head he knows how many hairs are there that's the kind of knowledge he has he knows inside out outside in everything because he is the source of all creation there is nothing unknown to him similarly he knows the past he knows the future he knows the present and he knows everything about everything that's the very definition of god given in shrimad bhagavatam source of everything and also he knows why this world is created he only has created it so he knows for example if you have designed a machine you know why you have designed the machine for huh like sometimes somebody invents a machine huh? and you know for what purpose that machine is invented and what job it can do huh? you can say that so god has created this world uh, he has um, programmed every nook and corner of this world um, to exhibit certain characteristics huh? just like uh, people say in the genes there is a program kept about the individual correct in all the genes your behavior your pigment of your body your characteristic huh? like some people are aggressive some people are passive some people have inferiority complex some people uh, have dictator mentality and all that how these are all programmed you will see that similarly the size and shape of the body and you know form all these things are programmed huh, in the genes similarly in this world also god has kept program huh, how should things happen huh? like you know how he has inbuilt misery in all the flickering pleasures of this world huh? you can see uh, like the wine people are mad after wine because that gives them a sort of intoxicating kick feeling but lord also has kept a mechanism in the wine to kick them those who drink it so that they can suffer also not only they enjoy the kick they have to suffer the kick also later so that's a inbuilt mechanism same with uh, tobacco in smoking he has kept a inbuilt mechanism he has made a law and for the breakers of the law he has kept a punishment you will see that somebody breaks so it's a very amazing world simply by seeing this world around us and by observing ourselves observing things around one can very easily arrive at the conclusion understanding about the absolute truth now there is one way one way that is adopted by the gnanis inductive method to understand god what is that method they study themselves if you want to study god you study yourself you can know how like you go to the ocean take a bisleri bottle of uh, water from the ocean and you bring it to your laboratory now you don't need to go to the ocean huh? that bottle is enough for you to understand the nature of the ocean correct uh, like ocean has trillions of tons of salt huh? whereas one drop of water has got one grain of salt huh? but the chemical composition is the same huh? you can study about the ocean simply with that bottle similarly all of us we are minute samples of god huh? are your part and parcels of god by studying our nature we can also see god's nature like we have the freedom right free will i like this food i don't like this so we have the free will so god also has the free will you know? uh, we have creativity correct 
So God also has creativity. We have the ability to think. So God also has the ability to think. And we are pleasure seeking. Naturally in our system we can see uh, we, we always want to have unlimited pleasure and zero suffering. Correct? Atyantika dukkha nivritti Atyantika sukha pravritti You can see. And we have a tendency to always be fully knowledgeable about everything around us. Correct? Like we all want to know in whatever area you are working on, you want to be fully knowledgeable about it. You don't want to be ignorant. Is there anyone here who wants to be a fool? You want to be fully knowledgeable. Similarly, you want to have unlimited joy. It's not that you want to... If you ask someone how much happiness you want, he doesn't say in a week I want two days of happiness and five days of suffering. He doesn't say that. I want all seven days of happiness. Correct? That means we are pleasure seeking, we want, uh, we want to have full knowledge uh, and we all want to live forever. We can easily see that tendency in us. There is no one who says, you know, now I have lived enough, now I am bored with life, I want to die. Of course, there are some people who commit suicide. It's not that uh, they have no uh, taste for living. They, would ha- they certainly have a taste for living, but their life has brought them to some point of frustration due to which they want to escape from that situation. Because they think that when I, when I commit suicide and when I die, now everything is finished. That's what they think. Out of ignorance. They don't know that after death, they will be awarded another body. And in that body, they have to suffer. Just like a company gives you a Mercedes Benz, so you go home and come, so that you can use it for the sake of the company. Imagine somebody takes a big sledgehammer and breaks the glass. Ta-da! You break the and bend it in all different directions. What do you think company will do? Of course, they will not allow you to continue damaging it any further. They will take it away and they will kick you out after that. Of course, they will not just kick you out, they will put you in the police. They will put you in the jail for causing a damage to the company's product. Correct? Because they gave you for a certain purpose, not for breaking. In the same way, you destroy your body, then the material nature will not avoid your human body again for a long time. Then nature will award you lower bodies, animal bodies and plant bodies and all that. And also there will be punishment that will be given because of misusing. Actually many times people are foolish. They think this body is my body, I can do whatever I want with this body. No, you cannot. If you, as, you, as the years progress you will see, when you become more mature, although the Atma is seated in this body, the Atma has little say on the body. The Atma has very little uh, ability to control his own body. You will observe that. When you go beyond 40, you can re- get this realization very easily. Uh, but now you can get this realization by hearing about it. <laughs> I'll explain. Uh, like, you know, when you go beyond 40, for example, the body doesn't work in the way you want it to work. Uh, for example, when you stand up, you know, then sitting is difficult for people when they get older and older. Uh, or you sit in a place for some time, you get cramp in the legs, uh, arthritis and such kind of things. You can't bend the body in the way you want. You can't jump in the way you want. You can't climb mountains in the way you want. Can you go for trekking when you are 72 year old man? You know, you can't do the things the way you want. And uh, as people get older and older, you find that the body, bodily mechanisms start falling apart. The body goes into Vata zone, beyond 40, you know. You will see that gradually the number of cells dying are more and the number of new cells born are less, correct? as one gets older and older. And you find that the body doesn't work. So just like when you have a car which gets older and older and older, sometimes the brakes get worn out. Sometimes the 
you know the lights are broken in the front so that there is no enough light the brakes are worn out so you have to be careful with the old car isn't it sometimes if you want to drive it fastly you put a brake it doesn't stop only huh? it keeps going huh? because brakes are gone <laughs> similarly you will find this body also starts falling apart huh? so we are sitting in this body but we don't have control over this body huh? somebody else is controlling this body such a uh, miserable situation huh? you think it is my body but like even now even when you are young suddenly a disease comes what will you do huh? correct like for example say our cricketers are playing suddenly one of the most famous cricketers uh, who is the captain of our indian team is going to play with india pakistan match so tomorrow is the game and he is practicing today suddenly he breaks his leg huh? so there is a fracture in the leg what do you think he can do can he set right the leg and go and play tomorrow what can any doctor do even if he says i will give you 10 million dollars to a doctor can doctor do something to him so how much control we have tell me on our own body no practically no control huh? so because the body is not controlled by us huh? it is controlled by superior agents hmm? the agents above us we have no control so even i am not only talking about the old age even in young age huh? in young age nowadays you know a small child which was prematurely born some you know seventh month child was born hmm? now that child has so many complications in the body my lord mother and father are crying every week they are spending 1 or 2 lakhs huh, on the child they trying to make the child survive so neither do the child has control on his body nor do the parents have any control then wow, how can we say it's my body actually if it is your body you can even cut your face and have a beautiful face cut <laughs> like all of you have face cut you know can you change your face cut it's already cut for you you can't change it when you are born face cut is already cut for you you can't change you can't change these things much like indians think you know we have a black body they are putting lot of fair and lovely and all that you know to look more fair more fair and americans who are very too much fair they want to become little blackish you know? they have black powder you know? they want to become little dim you know? put white powder they put black powder you know? so they don't like too much fair and we don't like too much black you know? so you can't change yourself much you, know? you will see externally internally this body we have very little control over this body so Prabhupada writes about this how by analyzing the sample which is the soul which is part and parcel of Krishna we can understand the nature of the supreme soul to some degree we can understand because we are we are like part and parcel of God so the very first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam gives this type of definition that the God is a supreme entity he is Swarat he is supremely independent all of us are trying for supreme independence if you see huh? we also want to become swarat supreme independent although we find that we are not able to huh? you can't be supreme you are always uh, dip, every, all living beings in this world are interdependent huh? like you know we depend on plants to give out oxygen and the plants depend on us for the carbon dioxide and carbon dioxide <coughs> the we depend on the cows for milk and the cows depend on a farmer for milking them you know like that <coughs> so you will find the interdependence of between all the creatures in this world but god is the only one who is completely independent he is not dependent on anyone or anything but all the other living beings are all interdependent in this world so we are anu and god is vibhu and we are his path and god is the whole and you always find that the nature of a path is to always serve the whole just like hand is a part of the body the 
welfare of the hand is in serving the whole. Huh? Because when the hand takes the food and puts it in the mouth, and then the whole body, all the parts of the body can be nourished like that. So this is the way uh, Bhagavatam detects, uh, deduces the logic of uh, understanding God and uh, God's nature. Uh-huh. So God is uh, not like a stone, but He's a sentient living person, just like you and me. Huh? Like, uh, out of the living, out of the uh, two, uh, that which is sentient and that which is dead. Huh? Certainly sentient is superior. So in this world we see living creatures and dead uh, inanimate matter. So naturally the living bodies are superior. So uh, the ultimate God, if He is the source of everyone and everything, He has to be living also. When we are endowed with emotions, He should be endowed with emotions. Hmm? We have feelings, then He has feelings. We have personality, He should have personality. Hmm? And we have the desire for eternity, knowledge and bliss. So He also should be eternal knowledge and bliss. Everything. Only difference must be because God being Vibhu, ultimate. Huh? So He is all-encompassing and we are a tiny part and parcel of His. Hmm? So in this way, uh, Bhagavatam begins, the very first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, Janma Adhyasya Yadon Vyata Itaragashtate Shabhigya Swarat. And then it says, uh, 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 second line is, Tejo Vari Mrida, Tejo Vari Vinumiyo Yatra Trisargo Mrisha, Dhamna Svena Sada Nirastha Kokum Satyam Parandimi. What is the second line? Tene Brahma Hriday Adi Kavye Muhyanti Yatsurayaha. Now somebody may say, let me understand that God by my own effort, it says, Muhyanti yat surayaha. Even the demigods are put into uh, bewilderment in understanding that absolute truth. Uh, little bit you can understand. Like today we, have, we use some logic and reason to understand God. To some extent you can understand. But you cannot fathom Him completely. He is like an unfathomable ocean. Uh, we can only understand a small drop of Him by some philosophical uh, discussion. Uh, but if one wants to understand God properly, it is not possible even for the demigods. Uh, because it says, Muhyant Yat Surayaha. The very first born uh, created living being. Who is it? Brahmaji. Even he is born of ignorance. He saw all around, the, you know, darkness enveloping him from all directions. Uh, so he was wondering, who am I? What is this creation? Why am I born? Uh, then he was very, very ardently, very, uh, with a great hankering in the heart, he prayed. Uh, I want to know the truth with desperation to some absolute Satyam Param Dimahi, some absolute truth which he didn't know who it was. And then that Satyam Param Dimahi gave him the instruction that you perform this tapas, meditation you perform. Then he performed meditation for 100 celestial years. And then when he opened his eyes, he saw that beautiful form of the pinkish lotus feet of Lord Vishnu first. That's the first darshan he got. That got awakened in his heart. And then he saw the ankle belts in the Lord's feet. Then he saw the beautiful golden dazzling pitambar, the dhoti, yellow golden dhoti of the Lord. Then he saw the jeweled belt. And then as he raised his eyes above and above, he saw the beautiful bluish sapphire-like body of the Lord. And then the chest, Lord had a Vaijanti Mala and a Kaustubhamani and Srivat Sachinha. And then he saw the beautiful smiling face of Lord Vishnu. And the Lord appeared in front of him and shook hands with Brahmaji. Hmm? First time. That was the first handshake that happened in the whole universe. <laughs> <laughs> After that, all company people have started. <laughs> so imitating the Lord. Huh? So the Lord was shaking hands with Brahma and said, Brahma, well done. Huh? 
you have performed meditation and you have succeeded in your meditation, now I will invest all the knowledge of the creative energies in you. Now you will learn everything. Not going to Brahma, all knowledge. Same way you find Durga Devi. Durga Devi, wife of Lord Shiva, Parvati, Durga. Even she is born of ignorance. Why? Because she is sitting by the side of Lord Shiva and constantly asking questions. She is asking, why like this, why like that? And Shiva keeps explaining. So there is a katha going on, eternal katha, between Parvati and Shiva. Parvati keeps asking questions and Shiva keeps answering. Like Parvati is asking, Keno Payana Laguna, Vishnu Nama Sahasrakam, Panditair Panditair Nityam, Shotamichamaham Prabhu. She is asking, My dear great Lord Shiva, please tell me, all these great Panditas, why do they recite this Vishnu Sahasranama and what is its glory? What do they attain by it? So she is asking questions. And Shiva is answering. And there are many questions like that she asks, you will find. Now, who is Durga? She is the personification of material energy. How powerful she is. She is the one who controls the three moods. Can you imagine? We are all like small puppets swayed by the current of the three moods. One slap of Rajoguna, we are finished. Rajoguna, Tamaguna, Satuguna. And she is a controller of all the three moods. Not just of you or me, all the creatures within this material world, not only earth. All the creatures in the material world, with three modes she is. That is why every living entity born of a particular mode behaves in a certain way. Like, you know, when a man passes stool, he plugs his nose. Whereas a pig is smelling the stool, he comes running there to eat the same stool. Just see. Because his modes are operating. His modes are pushing him to run there and eat that stool. Whereas according to, like for example, if a, if a man uh, is sitting in a, in a train, you find somebody smoking, that smell is intolerable for you. Huh? So if you go to mode of goodness, the things in passion and ignorance will be intolerable for you. Huh? But people in ignorance and passion, they are releasing them, because the modes are operating. So the modes are operating on every creature in this world, everyone is afflicted by the three modes in this world. And who is controlling it? Durga Devi. And such a Durga is in ignorance, can you imagine? And she has to ask Shiva for all questions, for question and answer. Just see. So the two top personalities, Brahma, who creates the material bodies, and Durga, who who controls those material bodies with three modes, both of them are born in ignorance. And they need the Lord's mercy and blessings to become enlightened. Just see. Mukhyanti, that's Surayaha. Even all the devatas. Brahma was, once Brahma was put to bewilderment by Krishna, right? Uh, that uh, uh, Brahma Mohan Leela, Indra was put to bewilderment. If such a great administrators of the universe, if they can be put to bewilderment, what is because we tiny thoughts and tiny creatures? So, uh, the scriptures say one should approach God with a submissive spirit by accepting the authoritative information given in the scriptures. Only then one can become uh, knowledgeable and truly happy. So, uh, you know, some, sometimes people say, you know, why should we put faith? But faith is a prerequisite for knowledge. If one puts that faith, then the knowledge will blossom. And you can see that. Now you see the people who have become wise. You see them. Based on uh, their wisdom, you also put faith in God. Like there are many enlightened souls. You, have, you know, it's not that you cannot see. There are so many enlightened souls now. Even within Iskan, you know, even within Iskan world, you can see. People have become so exalted, so wise. The words coming out of their mouth are like sharp arrows. See Prabhupada, 
how he speaks and great maharajas you can see uh, your word is you know loaded with realization mm-hmm. so when we see such great souls we can understand that they have become realized huh? they have understood they can see things far beyond what other conditioned souls can see huh? and after developing faith in them now you ask the question how did they become so wise because they surrendered to god so i will also surrender so let me also surrender then i will also become wise like them that is intelligence and god is not intelligence uh, just foolish the arguing show me god where is god okay you want to see god then you qualify yourself to see god huh? like if somebody says you know for example you have studied only up to seventh standard and you left the school and you come in front of bharti depit you no know, show me the degree where is the degree you know who is going to show you degree you don't want even allow you to enter inside <laughs> what will you do with your seventh standard huh? they will say you rascal go back to school you complete your you know 10th standard and 12th standard then write the entrance huh? pass all this bring money and everything then you can join <laughs> isn't it <laughs> uh, simply challenge you know where is god show me god no qualification so you become wise then you will be able to see him you qualify yourself then you can see huh? very simple any questions by the way you can take questions Actually, I, I, I wanted to end early, before eight, because I wanted to have a meeting with Ramprepo and other senior devotees. There are some people on question. Uh, I wanted to ask. Uh, we see that some people, uh, that's uh, of course because of the eternal bank account also. Uh, some people uh, they come here, keep hearing, keep hearing, and they increase on their faith, initially mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. But some people they uh, initially when they come in here, some points they feel like one boy he read that. Uh, life comes from life and told that he is a rascal word is used so in such cases how to handle uh, you should you should tell them when they see the word uh, rascal i think can tell them that you know when prabhupad uses the word rascal uh, he means it is foolish uh, somebody is foolish actually in india this word is very common like uh, old people using rascal for their in south india they used to call it badava they used to call badava means rascal only you know in south india small you know when they would tell their grandchildren they would catch their ears i come here but last time they would say like that it's a very common word but in the, in the west it may be very you know it can be considered a very serious word you know like that and you can also tell them proper is a very elderly person he is like a grandfather and when proper said this to even scientists many scientists actually never took it seriously i mean they appreciated proper very much like you can tell the example of td singh proper is talking to him so strongly but td singh is very happy if such a big scientist doesn't take it why should we take it so seriously huh? <laughs> he is calling someone rascal and the rascal doesn't uh, doesn't feel bad huh? and why should we feel bad huh? yeah it's not that uh, uh, proper has no bad intention yeah but, but proper uh, there is a reason why proper is so strong about it uh, modern day scientists majority of them we find that you know uh, they are trying to put themselves in the place of god they want to tell the people that we are offering your facilities we are offering luxuries you worship us and we are running the whole world and we are in control of everything and we will also offer you facilities by which you can enjoy your life in this way there is no need of god you brush god aside they are saying but prabhupada's question is what what progress have you made you are claiming to be a big scientist 
basically you have just hooked on to all the god's energies like if you have a mobile mobile is functioning because of the waves huh? it's functioning similarly everything you take you will find we are dependent on nature like electricity now imagine if there is no principle of uh, electricity uh, which is flow of electrons if it is not there do you think any invention can be done with that electricity so god has already created the world in such a way that he has kept uh, like positive rays alpha rays beta rays gamma rays x rays all these things are already there we are not creating anything so we are it's like you know there is a post where the electricity going on you hook on to it and then you get light here in your house similarly scientists are just hooking on to god's energies and making some inventions imagine if god withdraws all the different laws of the material world that he has created and the waves and everything he withdraws all other inventions would be put to not can be good for nothing our mobile will be no better than the mobile toy used by the child children going to school no they have a box mobile box <laughs> our mobile will be like that only yeah if these waves are not there how, otherwise how can you do satellite communication so prabha used to say give nobel prize give god the nobel prize you know prabha said that's one reason prabha calls them rascal why you know you are hooking on to god's energy and you claim yourself to be the source of all inventions it's like you know stealing the credit you understand now it's called as steya in sanskrit like for example imagine you you do all your project work for one year you work very hard and you have prepared the report somebody puts their name and they submit it that i have done it it's like that only you're stealing the credit another reason why proper is so heavy with the scientists like just like imagine if there is a imagine you have you have your child you know playing outside the house you know wearing all kinds of gold ornaments silver ornaments and different kinds of ornaments in the body very very costly ornaments somebody come, comes and gives some lollipop or something to a child and takes away so children are innocent he gives them lollipop they'll be eating the lollipop very happily and he takes away all the gold chain and everything and he goes away huh? is it not have a big loss is he not cheating the child similarly all the public could be considered to be gullible masses huh? they are foolish general masses they go by the fads and fashions luxuries and comforts they are foolish so what scientists have done they are offering the people some applications of science which you call as technology what is technology technology application of science manipulate the matter in a slight way and then you offer some luxuries so for example one principle called electricity can be used for making the you know grinding machine you can have motor cars you can have the fan you can have the Uh, washing machine everything you can have with one principle uh. but scientists are showing that we are offering you so many luxuries uh, and electronic gadgets and everything which is like lollipop big lollipop uh, you give them and people become intoxicated by using those luxuries uh. and when they become intoxicated what do you do you steal away their innate uh, desire to love and serve god and you tell them don't love and serve god you serve us you salute us and serve us So, so they have stolen away the people's faith in god and religion uh, you can easily see as modern man modern science and technology is progressing people's faith in god and religion is reducing the reason is what because this goes to show the materialistic tendency of the living entities living entities generally do dharma for getting artha and when they get artha they want to enjoy kama and after they enjoy kama they are frustrated then they will want moksha so now scientists are saying you don't have to do dharma for getting artha uh, and kama we will provide you the artha and kama directly uh, we will we will give you a shortcut to get artha and kama uh, you don't have to go through god uh, is it possible or not it is possible 
they can provide you earth and karma, but that will not satisfy your heart. Any earth and karma obtained without performance of dharma will not satisfy your heart. Guaranteed. For example, there are two ways, uh, you know, you can, uh, uh, for example, you want to pay a fee, you know, 10,000 rupees you have to pay, and you come from a poor family. So you don't have money. There are two ways you can do that. One thing is don't join the college now. You know, do some work for two, three years, earn some money, and then you pay the fee. That's one way. Another way is to go to someone's house secretly in the night or something, and you climb the wall and you steal the money. Now you have stolen the money. Huh? And then now you are going to pay the fee. Correct? In two ways. Now in the first case, you have worked hard and earned the money and paid. In the second case, you have stolen the money. When you steal the money, is your mind peaceful? No. If you have done some mischievous activity, your mind cannot be peaceful. So the next question comes. Now what if the police comes to know? Because now I think nobody is watching me, but if somebody was watching me, that I was climbing up the wall, getting into the house, uh, and then police chase me, they interrogate me, and suddenly you find policeman coming. Immediately think he's coming to me only. Uh, and then you're turning your face and you take another lane and you walk. You, you cannot be peaceful. That money will not let you be in peace. In the same way, in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, uh, anyone who does not perform yajna is a thief. Uh, now, how can a thief be peaceful and happy? How is it possible? It's not possible. So, modern science is offering us luxuries and facilities. They just superficially pamper the body, but they don't give happiness to the heart. You will find that. It's very easy to show. Because that which is born uh, of sin can never give happiness. And why it is sin? When you placate God, when you remove God and throw away God, pluck out God from the picture, and then you try to put yourself in the center, and you provide all facilities. So they will also suffer and we will also suffer. You see, the whole world is suffering now. You can see that. Huh? So, Prabhupada was observing this, that the scientists are like uh, naughty, mischievous children of God, who, uh, wa- who are envious of God, who want to put themselves in the place of God by pampering the senses of the conditioned souls, by giving them some luxuries and comforts, and robbing away their faith and love for God. What a great cruel act it is. There cannot be anything which is of a greater degree of violence than this. It's the greatest violence. It is, what is this violence? Separating the children from their father. The greatest violence. So even in, a, in any government you ask, if somebody goes to Tata's house, you know, or Tata's son is going in his car, huh? his young boy, suddenly three gundas come on the way, the midway, they attack the car and they kidnap the boy. Is it not a great sin? If they are caught, by, kidnapping is a very great sin. Kidnapping a millionaire's son. So we are all millionaire's children and scientists have kidnapped us. They have kidnapped and they have taken us and they are saying that, you know, now forget your eternal father. We are your father. You salute us, you obey us, and we'll give you lollipop. And we'll take away all the millions of dollars you have. That's what they're doing. You understand? It's a very simple example. Mm-hmm. So these two reasons are the reasons why Prabhupada is so strong when he's talking about scientists, especially the modern scientists. Prabhupada quotes Newton, he quotes Einstein, you will see in his writings. He glorifies the uh, top-notch scientists, especially when they are God-conscious. If they are not, then Prabhupada very strongly condemns. Because actually, and unless Prabhupada does that strongly, you know, the general mass of people, they are in an intoxicated stage. Like intoxicated person, you have to give him a slap. <laughs> Heart, you give him, ah, hey, why are you beating me? You know, you know, you'll ask. Like sometimes you go in the train, and we distribute books. Not interested. No. Not interested. 
and they are looking at the newspaper. You have seen people like that? You know. So what Prabhupada would do? He would provoke that. And then uh, if somebody says, I'm not interested, what Prabhupada would say? He would say something like, you know, you know, you know what progress your science has made? All fools. You know. What did you say? You, know? <laughs> you, you said we didn't make any progress? Come here. You, know? you make him sit. You know? Then you are sitting, he's sitting, I will argue. Now I will prove to you how I made progress. Yes. So you have to pull them into some argument. Correct, no? Then when there is argument, uh, then there will be some discussion. Otherwise, they are not inter- they are so intoxicated. So rascal, brother says, you know. <laughs> so intoxicated, you know, that they don't even want to argue. Huh? So you pull them into an argument. Huh? Why you can pull them into argument? Because we have substantial things to tell them also. Uh, it's not that you are afraid of them. Only we find our timid boys, sometimes in timid boys and neophyte devotees, they probably they are, you know, they have made so much progress, you know. We are, you know, we are way behind, you know. As if you are a primitive, you know, stone age man, you know, having made no progress in there. No, you have, you have your Vedas with the weapon of knowledge, you have to attack them. Yeah, you tell them what. So, Prabhupada, Prabhupada was very, so highly enlightened, he could clearly see that all these luxuries are simply a farce. It is superficial. They have invited more misery and trouble than this globe ever had before. And even modern scientists know that. They themselves know. In fact, uh, in fact I, I recently saw one PPT show, uh, one man in 2017, uh, he is talking about the condition of earth, how the water has dried up, uh, because how he is giving his child you know, only half a glass of water to drink in a day, uh, because there is no water supply available. Everywhere there is parched lands, uh, and there are no eatables, there is famine. Uh, so, this is not some concoction, they have used technical terms. I will get that PPT. They have used medical and scientific and technical terms. It is not some kind of, you know, imaginative story. In fact, so many technical terms are there, even I didn't understand it. Probably Ramprepo, some doctor can understand it. I will get that PPT. You should see what is going to happen in the future. These are all made by scientists only. They are not made by any religionists. Scientists themselves know where the globe is going, where the world is going now. Uh, how much the sufferings are going to increase in the time to come. So, uh, unless you wake up the intoxicated, foolish, conditioned souls. Hmm. Uh, like, you know, in Bhagavatam there is an example. The Acharya gets up in the morning. Hmm. He has a big bell. Hmm. Dang, 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 and I place the bell. Immediately all the students who are sleeping in their bed, they jump up from their bed. Hearing the sound of the bell. In Pune also we used to have one big bell in those days. You play the bell, they jump up and immediately they go to the bathroom, they take a bath and they come and they start chanting the Vedic mantras, now opening their Vedic textbooks and they become engaged in you know, devotion. In the same manner, it is that Acharya is one who wakes up all the sleeping souls. Prabhupada is that Acharya in this age. You find he went to the West and he woke up all the people who are in deep slumber. People who are all studying you know, all kinds of uh, Jadavidya, material science. I heard in NCL Pune there is a scientist who is researching on how to maintain the bubble going from the top of the head, you know, smoothly flowing in your body up to the tip of the toe, till the time it should not, bubble should not break. Uh, in order for the bubble to have certain characteristics, how to have that uh, soap bubble. Huh? So father is doing doctorate, can you imagine? Yeah, people are spending their, so much of their time and energy. Yeah. 
So people are absorbed in that kind of research. You know? Nowadays, if you see the research, you will laugh at it. Nowadays, all kinds of research are being done. Crazy research. You know? So, when Prabhupada Acharya came and he rang the bell of awakening of Krishna consciousness, what happened? All living beings all over the world in America and Canada and Europe and London and Australia and India, everywhere, people started opening the Vedic textbooks and started studying. And they become awakened. Huh? Such awakening he created. And create that awakening, that's like the making the big noise. Uh, similarly, strong speech is required. Huh? If Prabhupada had been uh, very mild in uh, dealing with the people, uh, and also a modern man, unless you are very strong, he doesn't consider you confident. Huh? Correct? Very mildly, very in a humble way, in a Trinadapi Shunichana way, you go and tell the truth. Please, why don't you guys accept that God exists? <laughs> uh, nobody is going to hear you. Huh? Yeah, that's why you will see Prabhupada, if you see, you know, he went in uh, Cadillac, you know, he went in Mercedes Benz, in Rolls Royce, you know, he was staying in hotels like Sheraton. You know, and uh, actually, Kirby people, materialistic people, unless one has these things, they don't consider him worthy of having any encounter at all. You know. And Prabhupada asked, you know, you are asking me why I am sitting in the 14th floor of Sheraton Hotel giving this interview. If I am sitting under the tree, will you come? They, they said, they looked at each other and said, yeah, we won't come. <laughs> Maybe everyone. So imagine there is an Acharya sitting under a tree and he is ready to give an interview. Who will take an interview? He has to take an interview himself only. <laughs> Isn't it? So Prabhupada, Prabhupada really, that's why you will find ISKCON is one of the largest religious book distributors in the whole world. Just like our only competitor is Christians. Huh? ISKCON is one of the biggest. So Christians consider us competitors also. So, and in the same manner, uh, establishing so many temples in such a short time, no organization has spread so fast, like Prabhupada spread. Plus, uh, this knowledge is like sunlight. When sunlight uh, comes, there is no place for Juguno. Huh? There is no place for the glow worms, there is no place for darkness. Prabhupada is very confident. And the truth should be spoken uh, precisely, confidently, nothing to hide. We have to tell the truth, the truth. Like I was speaking in an Utkarsh camp in Mayapur uh, about. Uh, Yasyatma buddhir kunape tridhatuke, you know. Swadi kalatra adishibhama inchari. I was saying about patriotism because I found there were at least eight or ten patriots in our group, boys, and all serious devotee boys, but they were having disease of patriotism and uh, attachment to home. So we had a talk, you know. At the end of the talk, I told from all points of view how, you know, we are not the body, we are the soul and everything. At the end of the talk, one boy came running to me, you know. And then he was telling Prabhuji, you know, Hapura Udadiya Sabhuji. He said, North India. He said, Prabhuji, I am very afraid whether uh, all of us we will lose our sense of attachment to India, you know. Till now he said, I wanted to do great things for India, you know. I was very attached. I said, No, 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 don't worry like that. You you can do great things for India. Now you spread Krishna consciousness all over India. You know? <laughs> he told me, you know. And uh, being attached to India is all right, uh, as long as you think India is a, you know, it's a country, the land of the Vedas. Huh? See it from a holistic point of view, huh? see it from a spiritual point of view. So, this knowledge is so powerful, if you hear this knowledge attentively, we pay some audience, oral reception to the message of Bhagavatam, all your misconceptions will be, uh, you know, bombarded to pieces, powder. Hmm? You can stop here. You can Shri Prabhupada ki, Bhagavad Bhakta Vinda ki, thank you very much. Just take prasadam.